This is USA Takedown, the best guests, all the hot news and predictions on combat sports of wrestling and MMA with your host, the true American, Scott Casper. Connect with him now on social media and check out usatakedown.com. Now it's time for USA Takedown. Hello again, everybody. It is USA Takedown. Scott Casper, Kira Jones in studio. It is Friday, and on Fridays, we take two hours out of the um, out of the week, and we talk about nothing but wrestling and mixed martial arts and some boxing. And uh, we welcome you to the program. Hey, big-time news today is who's on the show. I want to – we're going to touch all – well, we're going to really talk quite a bit about – uh, girls wrestling and things like that as we come to you live from the Wild Rose Casino Studios. Our defense soap guests include, now get this, Cody Goodwin from the Des Moines Register. He's in traffic on his way, uh, so he'll be joining us here shortly. Carrie McCoy is going to be joining us. Um, and, of course, Carrie's legend lives on, uh, and it continues uh, across the country. He was at Stanford for a while. He was at Maryland as the head coach, then went out to Stanford, then back to the East, in the Lehigh Valley, we'll talk a little bit about what Kerry's new job is and what it entails. Johnny Hollywood Case is set to fight again in Jefferson. That's uh, Greene County, for those of you folks that are keeping track out there. Greene County, of course, uh, the home of Jefferson and Wild Rose Casino. Imagine that. Anyway, so Johnny's set to, to uh, go again on October 30th. Tickets are on sale now. Last time it was a sellout. You don't want to wait to get your tickets uh, till the end. Do it now. Get yourself a table, get it reserved, get yourself chairs, whatever you want to do at whatever price point you want to be in at. But Johnny knows how to bring it and he brings a whole bunch of fans with him. So you'll be having a good night and a, and a good time on uh, the 30th. Andrew Sorensen's going to be on the show. And uh, how about this? Two of the three women to sign with the University of Iowa women's program uh, will be joining us on the show. Jordan Nelson. And Rachel Waters uh, going to be joining us. Hunter Steber, you remember Hunter from Ohio State, went on to um, a career at um, University of Oklahoma, okay, as a, as a coach. Well, Hunter recently accepted the offer extended to him by Joel Greenlee at uh, Ohio University, okay? So he's leaving one OU to go to a different OU. But this one is the home of the Mighty Bobcats, now, if you think bobcats are, you, you you can't walk away from bobcat, okay? Bobcats <laughs> will kill you. <laughs> they're they're one of my absolute favorite wildcats. Is your mic on? I thought so. I mean, I can hear myself in the in the headphones, but I'm not sure why your microphone is not working. Uh, pull, doesn't need pull this one around for you. I want to hear what you got to say. Hi. There you are. <laughs> there you are. No, bobcats are great. Have you ever seen a bobcat? Uh, I have. <laughs> a little uh, short stubby tail, great big paws, big paws. Ugh. And they've got those ears that are like, very, very high and, and, and extended with black tips. Mm-hmm. They're, but, they're so great. <laughs> yeah, I like most um, cats and from the cat family, I do. Uh, even the Nittany Lions, okay? There's so many cats involved in the sport of wrestling. Anyway, we'll be talking with Hunter Steber. Andrew Sorensen wrestled, if you recall, for Iowa State University. And uh, now he is coaching at Nebraska Kearney. 
We'll talk with Andrew about uh, wrestling in the state of Nebraska, but most importantly, every team is developing and coming to uh, the point where they're going to be able to do two-a-days in terms of practice. Uh, So we'll talk to Andrew about that. And by the way, uh, one of the reasons I wanted Cody Goodwin of the Des Moines Register in studio is to have that conversation with him specifically about women's wrestling. Now, there's some good news out there, by the way, fans. Uh, Wrestling is being added at least two to three programs a week on the average. And that's a good thing because when a men's program is reactivated and a women's program is being um, uh, added, so now you have a men's and women's program, I'm going to, little breaking news here, Kira, mark the tape, breaking news, Winona State set to re um, restart its men's program and bring a brand new women's program. That's not for publication, by the way, so don't tell anybody, all right? Just kidding. <laughs> All right, it is USA Takedown from the Wild Rose Casino Studios. You're listening to Des Moines Sports Leader on 102.1 FM and 1350 ESPN. Uh, We stream this uh, program after it's on the air at usatakedown.com. Hit that, uh, the tab at the top where it says podcast, it drops down. You can open up and listen to any of the shows. Uh, Kira, I think you're putting identifiers on each date, right? So we know who's on that show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. I try to list... uh... Most, if not all, of our guests, it depends on how good my memory is. (laughs) And so many people are uh, now emailing you or texting you asking for uh, an audio clip of their interview, and I like that. Mm -hmm. And you're doing it like clockwork, like clockwork. All right. I try my best. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we still have not got Carrie McCoy on, right? Unfortunately not. I guess it's just you and me. Well, and and I'm okay with that. I mean... (laughs) You know, I should probably just text Carrie and see what, you know, where is he? Where is he? Uh, okay. By the way, this uh, this month will mark uh, the birthday of one Dan Gable. Okay. Now, I did call him and. Uh, did you read, get him anything? Uh, did I get him anything? There's nothing the guy could ever want from me. <laughs> You know what I mean? I, I think Dan has done it all and done it all very well. 72 years old. Think about this. He won his Olympic medal in 1972, Olympic gold. And uh, gosh, the rest, as they say, is history. What would have happened if Dan Gable had stayed at Ohio, excuse me, at Iowa State as a coach under Harold Nichols? Okay. What would have happened if he'd stayed there and, and had not taken the job at Iowa under Gary Kirtlemeyer? You got to wonder. Would all those years of success that was enjoyed by the University of Iowa under Gable's tutelage, and it's and it's a broad range of successes, but you have to wonder what Iowa State would have looked like with Dan Gable on staff. Would he have had the same kind of success? I think it is, a, and here's the deal with Gable. He uh, recruits some of the level best people in the country uh, and had that ability to do that, and that in an in and of itself is an attractant. Okay. So as you bring in top level athletes, other top level athletes are going, Hey, you know what? I would like to wrestle there as well. So the real, there was a tipping point in after, uh, I think first or second year at Iowa where, uh, it became a self-fulfilling prophecy. Okay. For example, the brands brothers. So who was along for the ride? Uh, but, uh, Roy Salger and Gable went to the home of the brands brothers. Tom and Terry. And interestingly enough, you take a look at that, what happened. 
at that point. And by the way, <laughs> it was Royce that went down to the basement of the Brands Brothers home, okay? And he saw holes in the drywall. <laughs> and he says, fellow, what are those from? Oh, that's where Terry ran his head through the wall. <laughs> oh, okay. I know. That's <laughs> kind of endearing. And Gable said, well, what do you think of the of the twins? And and uh, I think Royce's response was, well, if we don't uh, sign them, something tells me they're going to kill each other, okay? <laughs> because they wrestled and competed with that kind of intensity at the high school level. And that did not, um, and that bode well for the University of Iowa in future years as Tom and Terry absolutely performed. What great competitors and what great coaches they've become, mm. all because of their relationship, especially with one guy, and that is Dan Gable. So there are things going on at the uh, uh, Wrestling Hall of Fame and Museum, uh, including a 72 for 72 on Dan Gable. There's certain things that you can take part in. There are certain things you can buy to commemorate, which, and by the way, all the proceeds go to the Dan Gable Wrestling Institute and Museum and the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. Oh, okay? cool. Yeah, and, and that, here's here's what I, my takeaway from this is you've got a former head coach, one of Gable's best friends, okay? And uh, I, I will tell you this, if you've got that guy in charge, Jim is one of the level best in the country. And uh, having retired from Wartburg, uh, with all those many championships to his team's credit, uh, bringing that kind of uh, interest and integrity and uh, strength of character uh, to the, the the museum, it gave it new life. Uh, it's, it's well populated in terms of visitation, visitors coming to, to witness. Many teams make it a point to come through and stop there. Their buses stop there. Their vans stop there. That must be so incredible for them i think that i think if i were any kind of athlete and going to any hall of fame baseball football what have you i think that would really open their eyes to be like i could do that many museums are boring okay many are uh and that i think that uh tells you why their numbers are so down but the university not the university of iowa but the gable museum numbers are up Okay, the same with our National Wrestling Hall of Fame parent down in Stillwater, Oklahoma. You know, and I'm, I'm encouraged by that. I'm encouraged by the number of women's teams being added across the country, driving the addition of men's programs. Very affordable sport. Athletic directors will be the first to tell you that. Mm -hmm. uh, so anyway, we have, I'm going to tell you who's on the show next week because this is, this is good. We have huh, the COVID story. <laughs> imagine that okay it's so one more page here we go so we have mark cody on and mark is at the helm of the program at presbyterian both men's and women's director of wrestling operations and one of those guys that has absolutely been on the road uh, with guys like um, mike moyer and, and tom ryan and others that are helping to drive this this renaissance of wrestling but also the inclusion of women's wrestling so Mark Cody, Mark Manning, head coach of the University of Nebraska, has just hired Travel DeLogda. We had him on last week. Mm -hmm. But Mark Manning has the ability to see in the future. For example, one of the level best wrestlers in the world ever is from the United States, out of New Jersey, wrestled for Nebraska. His name, Jordan Burroughs. Okay? Nobody else re really recruited him. I don't want to say nobody. 
but the biggest program to recruit him and pay him any attention was the University of Nebraska. I believe that Mark Manning, the head coach there, uh, has the ability to see into the future. I think he's, what do they call that when you are? Uh, clairvoyant. Clairvoyant, yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> ESP, clairvoyance. Yeah, I think it's telling. terrific. And we also have Kevin Dresser's high school coach, who's going to be inducted in the National Wrestling Hall of Fame and Museum. And uh, I talked to him at great length yesterday. You look at the names that have been uh, coached by him. Uh, it's, it's, it's absolutely amazing the number of people whose lives he's affected. And uh, I'm so ex- excited to know that he's going to be talking to us about, uh, you know, the level best people in, in our sport having gone through the program in Humboldt, Iowa. Kevin Dresser is one of them, and Tony Ersland's another. Tony's the head coach at Purdue, the head coach of the Coast Guard Academy. Been there for, what, six, seven years now? Uh, he was also coached by this gentleman. So we're going to be talking about that next week, especially hard because uh, there's so much going on that we can draw from and draw a lot of encouragement from. Okay, so I'm very, very... Uh, Tickle pink, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I want to thank Brad Hellickson for pointing this out to me that uh, his coach as well was going to be inducted. He would make a great interview. So to accompany that in the studio next week, Eli Alger with a brand new song, right? Yeah. Brand new song is released. He's going to come in, do it for us, uh, oh, talk a little bit about the development. But fun. he'll serve as co-host again next week this I really liked his first appearance on the show, wasn't he? Yeah, he was awesome. And it'll be, so is he like going to play? Is he going to play for us? I think oh. so. I think so. That'll be cool. <laughs> I know. It's 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 seldom you have a sports program, right, that um, will have a studio band. <laughs> okay. There's been several out there that I've fallen in love with over the years. The Last Ride, for example, they did a song called Take You Down. And uh, most people didn't realize it was about Mark Ironside. Mark Ironside owns Ironside Apparel. Uh, He wrestled an incredible career, one at the University of Iowa, but has gone on to become an incredible uh, business person. We've had him on uh, Mm -hmm. recently, as a matter of fact. But Mark is, you know, really uh, making sure that the athletes he signs to NLI uh, representation, product, et cetera, uh, but he's making sure these young athletes don't have to worry about it. That's not why the NLI is popular, that they have something to worry about. Point in fact, you have a guy like Ironside that is so plugged into rules and regs that he's going to make sure it's all above board, that these kids are going to get all the money that's you know owed to them. And uh, I wouldn't want to mess with Mark Ironside. I don't know about you. No, no. I'm <laughs> um, In these last four-ish minutes, uh, I kind of want to go back to Dan Gable. Okay. Um, Because wrestling is something that I am learning about through this show and getting to work on this show. And I didn't realize that it was a huge deal in Iowa. Is that because because of him and his success? Can you attribute that to him? I think in in many ways you can. Uh, The people that have been... Uh, the movers and shakers of the sport, you have to include Dan Gable on that Mount Rushmore uh, Hall of Fame or Mountain of Fame, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Gable would be one of those that's right up at the top. He only won one gold medal, but 
I think what he contributed most was the ability to teach his uh, teams, uh, not just the sport of wrestling, but what they can do because of it. In other words, Gable's always endorsed outside activity, including going to class, earning your degree, and uh, the lives he's touched is amazing. And the, and the numbers are exponential across the board. And I'm talking about that ripple effect. If you throw a rock in the middle of a, a, a totally calm pond, okay, the ripple effect as it makes its way back to shore, and you can do it again, and it will run into each other. You know, mm-hmm. the waves will run into each other. And those ripples are so very important in terms of coaches that are now in the business because Gable showed him such a perfect example of what a head coach can do and what a head coach did do. And that, of course, the great Dan Gable. Mm-hmm. 72 Olympics. You weren't born yet. Nope. Nope. You were, how many? <laughs> I don't think my parents were born. Oh, yet. is that right? Yeah. My, my parents are young, <laughs> admittedly. Well, how old are you? 10 or what? <laughs> Uh, 25. 25. Every time I think about it, I feel the sands of time getting deeper and deeper. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be 30 in five years. Quit That's it. Scary. Five years. Mm-hmm. We well, got plenty of time to plan. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll take you out to lunch. How about that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I was talking about that coach that also coached Dress, uh, uh, Kevin Dresser and so many others, including Tony Erslin. His name is Ron Wasoba. Wasoba? I think it's Wasoba. Anyway, we talked and talked and talked yesterday for quite some time. He says, isn't it funny? The tiny little town of Humboldt, Iowa has had such a major impact around the world on the sport of wrestling. Mm-hmm. If you recall, the most famous of the citizens from Humboldt was a guy named Frank Gotch. Because of Mike Chapman, because of Ron and, and uh, many others, Ron's wife, Pat, what they did is they raised enough money to erect a bronze statue. And I think some would say it's life size. Mike Chapman thinks it's bigger than life, you know, <laughs> but they raised enough money, had it done great, great uh, memorial and a tribute to Frank Gotch, but it stands in Bicknell park right along the river on the edge of downtown. And, uh, it's, 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 it's so cool to understand the imagery of that time when people would arrive in, in suits and bowler hats and, they would stand around as a had a makeshift ring there in Bicknell Park where he would hold his very public workouts prior to wrestling anybody, and he took on all comers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think he died at, what, 32 years old? The impact he had on that very young life, 32 years old. Uh, and Chapman always would tell you this, nothing that a shot of penicillin could not have cured. Think about that. Mm-hmm. But that was to be invented years later. All right. <laughs> All right, we're going to continue our conversation. Johnny Hollywood Case is going to be joining us, as is uh, Jordan Nelson, Rachel Waters, Hunter Stieber, and Andrew Sorensen. I'm Scott Casper for uh, Kira Jones. You're listening to Des Moines Sports Leader, 102.1 FM and 1350. This is ESPN. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. USA Takedown on ESPN Radio. Um, Coming up on October 30th is yet another opportunity for people to witness the greatness that is Hollywood Johnny Case. Johnny Hollywood Case, or Johnny Case, known as Hollywood. (laughs) He's a hometown boy out of Jefferson, Iowa. He's never forgot his roots, his roots firmly uh, encased in the sport of wrestling, but he's launched a career that has been exceptional. Now exploring other things like 
boxing. He joins us now, this Jefferson native, Johnny Hollywood Case, in this, the the um, Wild Rose Casino segment of the show. Good morning, Johnny. How are you? Hey, good morning, guys. I'm doing great. How when, are you guys doing? Well, I think we're, we're all doing well. We're awaiting the arrival of one uh, Cody Goodwin got caught in a huge traffic jam on 235. Do you guys, oh, no. do you guys get traffic jams in Jefferson? <laughs> not usually. It was not much of a tractor or something like that. Yeah. You know, I hate it when those, those big, um, wider than a lane, right? Those, uh, big harvesters and, and, uh, and, uh, equipment that are driving, especially in this time of year. So do me a favor, make sure you keep your eyes open during this harvest, because there's a lot of farmers, a lot of truck drivers, a lot of people out there that are doing their level best to, um, uh, to, to bring in the crops, right? So we want to make sure that you keep your eyes open. Johnny, uh, walking into the studio right now is the greatness that is the man, the myth, the legend, Cody Goodwin, Des Moines registers, ace reporter. Cody, how are you? I'm doing good. I've had better mornings, Yeah, um, but Hey, things happen and we made it here. Yeah, you did great. Um, you made it before nine thirty. Yeah, right. Well, I was supposed to be here at nine. So hey. <laughs> All right. So Johnny, uh, you're you're scheduled to go again on October thirtieth. I saw a recent video of you out there in training. Man, boxing looks good on you. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's it's you know it's been a breath of fresh air as far as combat sports go. Um, you know, being able to just focus on boxing and and you know it, it's you know it's not something new. I would I would. I would say, but, um, you know, the competition of it is new. So, you know, going out there and not having to worry about getting taken down, not having to worry about getting kicked in the head, you know, it kind of, it kind of makes it a lot of fun. Cause you get in a lot of positions, um, in a boxing match that you just wouldn't otherwise get into in, a, in an MMA fight, you know? So, um, it's been fun learning that style and, you know, I, I it suits my style from MMA pretty well. I think in terms of your stance, Okay. I, I, did I notice a difference in your stance when you faced, um, I'm trying to remember your, your competitor, uh, at last opportunity at wild rose casino, but you beat him uh, in, a, in a minute 10, I think minute 10 mark. Yeah, it was, uh, I think it was a minute 10 and yeah, the second round minute 10. Um, and yeah, what, what I ended up doing was, um, I, I, I switched my stance a lot, especially do that in MMA. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause you know, there's so much more movement dealing with MMA, you know, and wrestling and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, I, I, I like to change my footwork a lot when I, when I strike and, uh, that's actually how I ended up pitching him for the, the knockout was I switched over to Southpaw and hit him with the a left hand and then switched back to my right hand stance and, and, uh, dropped him with the right hand. So, um, so yeah, I mean, you, you definitely saw some subtle, subtle footwork changes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that you haven't seen, uh, you know, since, since I left Iowa and, and start fighting on the world on the world circuit. On the world circuit, indeed. You're scheduled to go, go back to Japan uh, for. Is it a one year or two year contract? Um, so it's a four fight deal. So, four fight deal. Um, yeah, hopefully they'll be able to keep me pretty pretty busy. They were able to keep me busy. The you know the last stand I signed with Rise, and I had five fights in one calendar year. So, um, granted that then again I fought in that Grand Prix tournament. Um, but, uh, but yeah, hopefully we get four fights in a calendar year. That'd be kind of nice. New Year's Eve is, uh, supposed to be the, the event that they're bringing me back for, which is, which is Ryzen's, you know, it's their big, the big blowout show every year. So um, to be a part of, just to be a part of one of those shows is, is such an honor. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty fortunate. 
Now, Cody, I don't know if you've been to Japan. Where, did you go to Tokyo? No, I no. did not go to okay. Tokyo. COVID-related excuse or no? <laughs> um, well, I mean, hey, I, I cover, you know, specifically Iowa wrestling and, right. you know, Iowa high school wrestling. So just not, um, you know, opportunity. I mean, I sat and watched it, right? So right. Like, we covered it remotely because Thomas Gilman was out there. Um you know, so he's, he's from council bluffs, but yeah, no, didn't I, it was probably COVID related, but also I just probably didn't ask the questions as to whether or not I could actually go out there. Well, you should, I'll, I'll make the call for you. <laughs> Next time it's held in Tokyo, you're going son. That's the bottom line. Our guest on the newsmaker hotline is Johnny Hollywood case. And I mentioned, uh, your win over Jamarius Brown as part of extreme Maximus fight fest. Right. And, uh, being able to spread your wings and, and encourage, um, your trainers to get behind you. It's a big job because you're well-known as an MMA star, well-known as a star on the wrestling mat as well. What is your biggest takeaway from high school wrestling to today? You know, honestly, just it, it instilled the, the work ethic in, in me, you know, it, it, it showed me that, you know, anything worth, worth having, you're going to have to work hard at, you know, and, and it, it, it showed me that it's okay to sweat and it's okay to work hard. And, you know, you might think you're going to die in the moment, but you just keep pushing through and you're going to get through it, you know? And, um, I think the biggest thing is just, it just made me mentally tough and gave me the, the work ethic I needed to, uh, to succeed in MMA, you know, and or really just to succeed at anything difficult in life, you know, that you pursue, um, you know, the Dan Gable quote that, you know, once you wrestle in life, everything's easy. It's, it's kind of true, you know? Mm, I, I believe it, it. It certainly has worked for me, Cody. That is something we see. What is it? Iron sharpens iron, steel sharpens steel. Wrestling. Once you've done that, everything else in life is easy. What is the one Gableism that you take away? You've interviewed him. Oh man, I talk to him on a pretty regular basis during the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got. I mean, he's still the same old coach. Um, you know that that one's probably gonna stand up just because it's you know a lot of the stuff that him and i talk about are usually about like iowa and iowa state and um you know city high's got a flush of talent coming through so that's where he lives that's where his grandson lives so um you know we talk about the little hawks quite a bit or at least we have in recent years um but when it comes to like gableisms, once you wrestled everything else in life is easy that's probably going to be the one that always stands out for me I, and and i believe it to be true johnny how about you absolutely absolutely and, and that's the thing, like, I don't want to, like, knock boxing at all because boxing is, is very difficult in its own way, but mm-hmm. boxing pales in comparison to how tough wrestling is. I mean, MMA even even pales in comparison to how tough wrestling is. You know I mean, wrestling is the hardest sport in the world. You know, it's guys, two guys grinding it out. And the, and the one nanosecond, one dude lets off the gas, his ass is stuck, his run over, and he's pinned. You know what I mean? So it's, wrestling is just a go, 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 grind, grind, grind type of sport, you know, where boxing is like you can find your times to rest. You can, you know, you don't always have to be on the gas. So, uh, you know, like wrestling is wrestling has taught me how to be, you know, how to be a man <laughs> in a lot of ways. We're talking with Johnny Case. Uh, we call him Hollywood for a reason. Nobody does the show better than him. He brings it each and every time. And I love that about you. Uh, your competitor uh, was definitely uh, defeated. That was Jamarius Brown. But you're scheduled to go up against a guy with even more credentials than Jamarius had. That's a guy named Joe Boris. What do you know about him? Um, I know he is, you know, he's Indiana Golden Gloves 
champion. I think mm-hmm. he was a couple years there. Um, he's had a little more boxing experience to me. He's three and one. Um, his one loss was a knockout. Um, you know, but other than that, like he, he's six foot two. You know, he's a really long, lengthy guy. So I'm used to going out there and being the longer guy and fighting <laughs> with the longer style. So I'm gonna have to adjust my tactics a little bit this fight, I think. But um, but yeah, I mean, it, it all. It all boils down to the same thing, and that's me going out there and getting my hand raised. So um, he may he may have the edge on me in boxing, but you know I all of fails. He can be the better boxer all he wants. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to I'm going to fight and I'm going to get in his face and I'm going to make it as dirty as I need to do to get that win. So um, I hope he's in shape. I'm sure he will be. I'm sure you know he's going to show out and he's going to be a formidable opponent. But there's no way I'm going to go out there in front of my hometown and, and, you know, get beat up. So he better, he better pack a lunch that night. Oh, I bet he is probably a couple extra mouth guards, the whole bit. He's going to be ready to go. Knee braces, you know, the whole bit. Our guest, Johnny Hollywood case, the fight's scheduled for October 30th. I don't know when you start selling tickets, Johnny, but the faithful of green County absolutely are buying them up. What went, what can you tell us about ticket availability? Yeah, tickets are available. So um, they have general general admission for thirty, ringside or sixty, VIP on the stage with like food and drinks seventy five, and then you can get table to ten for five hundred. Um, and I'm selling tickets all around the metro. If you guys you know want to want to hit me up, I, I'm always out running around. It'd be good to meet you real quick. And uh, you can hit me up on my Facebook at Johnny Case or even on Instagram Johnny Hollywood Case, and uh, just shoot me a message. I like I like chatting with my fans and. You know, I can come meet you for tickets and we can do that way. Or you can just go on the Wild Rose Casino website and um, order them up there. And But we'd rather have and, the commission going to you. That's the point. We want to see Johnny be able to take care of his family as well. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So definitely if you guys can get them from me, it definitely does me a favor. But, uh, you know, I understand that everybody's got busy lives and got stuff going on. So just having you there would be better than, you know, nothing at all. So. Right. MMA veteran Jeremy Horn also scheduled to uh, uh, compete that night. Now, Jeremy Horn is a legend in mixed martial arts, and uh, he was there at the beginning. Uh, he's been with Monty Cox for years and years and years. Uh, what was it like fighting for Monty Cox in the Extreme Maximus Fight Fest? It was awesome. Monty is a great promoter. You know, he's been, you know, he's probably the, one of the longest running promoters in the world, I would say. You know, um, He's been he's been in the game a while. He knows you know he's a no nonsense promoter, and uh, you know he puts on good fights. He's, he's got he's got good matchmaking. You know those last that last card was awesome. Mm-hmm. And Diego Zaga was on that card, and he's scheduled to compete that night as well. Yes, yes, Diego. I liked watching Diego fight too. Me I too. like his style, so I'm excited he's, for that. And he's obviously. Also, I'm, a, I'm just right. I'm, I just want to point out he's also a family man, right? He trains harder than anyone. Uh, of recent vintage, I have things, uh, visions of great things for this guy in the future. Manny Colon is on the card as well. Very cool. Mm. Yes. Awesome. Lot. It'd be good to have some, you know, good Des Moines guys around. Plus, you know, I've been a fan of Jeremy Horn since, you know, I got into the sport way back in the day. So to be able to fight on the same card as him is, is pretty awesome too. So I wonder how many fights he had back then you could fight in tournaments. You know, you might fight two, three times in a night. Uh, um, thank, thankfully that has changed because I think more damage was done in the second and third fight than, uh, could ever be accumulated in, in a first fight of three. 
Uh, <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. That's back when men were men, walking uphill, <laughs> yeah, yeah. going to school 10, 10 miles each way. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, bud. We uh, look forward to having you um, guest on October 30th at uh, uh, at Wild Rose. Actually, on the 29th, we'll do the show there live. So we're looking forward to having you back on the show in person uh, in Jefferson at Wild Rose Casino. He's the pride of Jefferson Scranton High School. They love him. And I know you will, too. Get your tickets now, Wild Rose Casinos and Resorts. And it's Wild Rose Casino Jefferson in particular. And tickets are on sale now through the Players Club there, okay? Johnny, thanks for the time today, brother. My pleasure, guys. Always good talking to you, Scott. You bet. You know, that guy deserves an article for all his success <laughs> in the Des Moines Register. I mean, it's, this guy's life has been out there for everybody to see. And he's, you know, generally uh, one of the great guys out there in terms of just being a friend. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely a name that, you know, I, when you get into covering wrestling, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. and especially here in the state of Iowa, like, even when there are, you know, former Iowa high school wrestlers that are out fighting or former Iowa college wrestlers that are out fighting, like, I know there's a running joke with Iowa Central, right? Like, there's, you know, they're kind of an MMA factory, quote unquote. Right. Um, but yeah, like, you know, like, I've, I don't think I've ever met Johnny Case personally, like in person, but I, that's definitely a name I've had to learn and follow since I've been covering wrestling in this state. And that it's interesting how that uh, has happened because that transition from a pure wrestler into a wrestler in MMA and having an MMA star uh, with a tremendous wrestling background is becoming more and more frequent. Yeah, well, and on top of that, like MMA stars, UFC, what what have you, like whenever, you know, there, there's a reputation there that if you come from a wrestling background, you're generally going to be pretty good. Yeah. Um, because the wrestlers are able to go on the ground and continue the fight. Whereas like maybe people who come from other, you know, backgrounds, like maybe they transition from boxing to fighting or boxing to MMA or whatever the case may be. Like they're not maybe as comfortable there, whereas like wrestlers are. So there is this reputation. And so like, if there is a new fighter on the block and it's like, oh yeah, he was a wrestler. It's like, oh, okay, well he's already got X, Y, and Z advantage. Like, which has been really cool for like the wrestling community. I don't know that the wrestling community is fully embraced all of the wrestlers that have moved over to MMA and UFC, but there's definitely a little bit of interest there, which is always cool. Well, Brad Hellickson, uh, forwarded me a, uh, in, induction announcement for his high school coach. And that's Ron, uh, Wasoba. Okay. Up there in Humboldt. And that comes on the heels of the, uh, the exciting news that Iowa state, Kevin Dresser, Humboldt, Iowa, and Tony Ersland, a Humboldt, Iowa, Purdue now, head coach, now at Purdue. So they're going to have a college division one college match in the gym yeah. in Humboldt, Iowa. How cool is that? Is that like our version of field of dreams? Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I don't, I don't know if you talk to a few super hyper wrestling fans, they'll, they'll maybe talk you into putting a mat down in front of a cornfield, but, <laughs> um, but no, like that is, that is really cool what they're doing. Iowa state and Humboldt, Iowa state, Kevin dresser has always kind of thought outside the box in terms of, you know, what can we do to draw interest into the sport and, um, you know, I know ever since he's taken the job at Iowa state, like part of the reason was to come home cause he is from Humboldt. Right. Um, but I know that as soon as he got here, th- I mean, this duel has been in the works because mm-hmm. you know, what, what Ursland has been building at Purdue, they've had some really good teams in recent years. So, um, you know, they would have done this last year, but COVID obviously pushed everything back. So it's, it'll be really cool to see them get to do this this year. Contrary to popular belief, wrestling coaches, most of them do get along. Okay. Yeah, most of them. Yeah, yeah most, most of them. most of them. <laughs> uh, he coached the likes, and and I'm talking about Ron again. He coached the likes of Dresser, Ersland, Bratland, Height, and so many others. The head coach of uh, uh, the U.S. Coast Guard, for example. 
there's so many great stories that are going to be written, obviously, by you uh, as uh, one of the, the great authors of, of the history of our sport because you write it daily. Um, by the way, thank you for that. I, I have a tremendous amount of uh, respect for people that can just, uh, in, in a matter of minutes, whip out a story, not only in terms of column inches, but in terms of accuracy and respect for the history of our sport. You do it each and every week. And I love that about you. Thanks, man. I, I think in along that same vein, I don't know that Humboldt kind of like you said, just rattling off all those names there. I don't think Humboldt gets enough love when it comes to their wrestling history. So hopefully that'll change here come December. Well, and I, and I believe that to be true. You were in Iowa city recently, uh, for a press conference, right. And also some pretty big news coming out of yeah, Iowa yeah, city last what, week. What was it again? Remind me. Cause, uh, university of Iowa is adding a women's wrestling program. And then on the heels of that big news, the news out there that Winona state is adding a men's program back. And then they're also adding a women's program. Do you foresee the dominoes in the sport of wrestling falling quick, quicker now that university of Iowa has started the arms race? Um, yeah, I think, I think it'll, at the very least, it'll apply pressure on some other division one power five schools. So it would not shock. I think we might be a little uh, if we see the next one pop up in six months, I'd be surprised. But within the next year, we should see a few. I'm thinking, Mike, I talked with Mike Mara, the National Wrestling Coach Association, at great length. And uh, he clued me in on a few things that are happening out there. And he's deeply involved in all of them. But um, coaches are going into this with eyes wide open, better prepared than even I thought they would be at this point. But there are 40-some programs out there that could easily qualify for Division One status and competition. You agree? Yeah. Because there's what I think there there are over a hundred women's collegiate programs out there now, right? Um, between NCAA, junior college, and NAI level, but a lot of the NCAA programs are Division two schools, right? right? Like there's a handful of Division three out there, like Iowa Westland mm-hmm. um, here in the state. They're a Division three program, but Grandview University, NAI. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to like the Division one level, they've they've uh, Division one has a little bit of work to do, but NCAA on the whole, um, they have hit that 40 school threshold. So now it's a matter of, can you build up D one in the same way that D two and D three have been built up a little bit? So, cause that's the next step in the emerging sports process. And I think we'll, the next few years, we'll see a lot more pop up than we did over the last 20. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I'll tell you what, we're going to take quick time out. It's good to have you in the studio, Cody. Good to see you. I love your perspective as well. Coming up next Hawkeye wrestling club, welcomes three new members. One of them will be joining us next. That's Jordan Nelson. Stay tuned. This is USA Takedown on ESPN. Think you heard everything? Stick around. You ain't heard nothing yet. More USA Takedown after this. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. It is USA Takedown. Kara Jones at the helm of the mothership doing what she does so, so well. Uh, the big news out there, of course, the 29th of October uh, will be Street League, Stalemate Street League 2, and Becca Roper scheduled to uh, compete in that. I'm not exactly sure what the rest of the card looks like. Zach will be providing that to us shortly, but I'm very excited. It's just taking place on a Friday night, and a football Friday night It's tough to be up to be two places or three places, uh, you know, at the same time. So, Well, I'll have to tap into my... Uh, yep. um, you know, r- wrestling has taught me how to multitask very well because there are there were many days, especially last year, um, but like during any regular season, I'll be sitting 
in like Ames, for example. Right. But like I'll have one stream up because you and I is probably going to be somewhere wrestling somewhere else and I will be somewhere wrestling somewhere else. And then there might, you know, if, if all those duels are on a Friday or a Saturday, there's some high school event going on. So, <laughs> you know, maybe whatever high school football game I'm at, I'll have to pull up Stalemate's uh, Patreon page so I can check out that check out that one live or at the very least rewatch it the next day. What is that, like three ninety nine a month? It's so affordable. Yeah, it's like four bucks a month for his um, Patreon page. And he does a lot of other content as well in yeah. addition to his stream and stuff so he's he's been a breath of fresh air in the wrestling space amen amen our next guest hawkeye wrestling club made the announcement that they would be adding a women's program and one of those that signed initially jordan nelson she joins us now good morning jordan how are you i'm good how are you guys doing today this is uh historical we're doing great i think uh, i'll speak for everybody in the studio most <laughs> of us are doing well okay anyway now that we got that out of the way the historic uh the news came out that they would add a women's program at Iowa, the first power five school, but more than anything, you are part of the first three signed and in history, that's pretty important because on your shoulders will be the balance of the competition and competitors in the future set to wrestle for the Hawkeye wrestling club. Do you feel that uh, responsibility? Um, yeah, yes and no. <laughs> Only the reason why is because, you know, <laughs> They were allowing women on the team a couple of years ago. It would have been better. We could have wrestled for the college. Right. Right. But um, I, it's a big weight to have, I, I would say. But I like being uh, looked up as a leader towards other girls, setting the pace and tone for them coming in, you know, showing off the great team that we've joined. I love your style, and Cody, jump in anytime you wish. Uh, I've watched some of your footage to prep for this. When at Life University, as a student athlete there, you were a two-time WCWA All-American, took third at 170 just this past year, competed in the 2021 Olympic team trials and the Hawkeye Wrestling uh, Club Showdown Open just last November. Um, you seem to be taking on all comers no matter what. Where does that come from? Is that something that was drilled into you as a kid? Uh, um, yes and no. I mean, I would say we got more drilled on these things. When I got into college, <laughs> I had some pretty tough coaches <laughs> coming and, through it. No, I, I I can get that. You you were also an outstanding wrestler when at uh, at the high school level, at least in that age group. Um, what do you bring to the University of Iowa? Your estimation, and then I'm going to ask Cody Goodwin to jump in here because he's been covering this story as it's unfolded. And this particular pickup with Jordan Nelson by the Hawkeye Wrestling Club does not surprise me. Uh, you are one of the more gifted women out there, and we need more uh, girls like you, Rachel Waters, Victoria Francis. You're originally from Kingsland, Georgia, which is not uh, typically known as a power state in terms of the sport. Uh, but yet, you hey, were... hey, hey, Georgia's gotten way better at wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> let's let hey let's let's put let's put some love on Georgia. I said All right, man. His, yeah. Historically. <laughs> Mom, hey, man, life, you took down Grandview for the NAIA men's title this year. By one point, right? Yeah, yeah they did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I told the, one of the girls from Grandview University, I said, don't be sad. I said, <laughs> understand that you've helped propel, Grandview has, has helped propel wrestling in terms of women's wrestling and men's wrestling uh, to a much uh, a higher relief. And, and this is an outstanding story because we have opportunities where we're going to be able to see you on a regular basis, we're going to see Victoria Francis, who's ranked number three at 76 kilos for Team USA. We're going to see her. We're going to see Rachel Waters. Uh, are you? How close are you to Victoria and Rachel? Um, Victoria, very close, actually. 
My, uh, I met her my sophomore year in college. She came out and started training with us, and we kind of cl- clashed in a good way, and we just decided, hey, we need to start training more together because I can, like, position, tampon, all that. I can make her better, and she can make me better. Just the fact world, she's already on the world team, and so, like, we progressed there, and our relationship has got way better. I love that. So we're like team duo, <laughs> I think, with that. Rachel Waters, I they really didn't know Rachel too much. I just knew I saw her a couple times in college. I wrestled her once or twice. I got me. Uh, so I knew already Rachel was going to be a good competitor, a good p- partner. So I was super excited about that. And then coming in now, sitting here and practicing with her, drilling with her, lifting with her, doing all this, you know, grinding with her, um, I know that, this, that she's a perfect teammate for me to have on this team as this program builds up. So I'm really super excited. Cody, your take on that uh, press conference, as much as the news was already out, right? Uh, they put some finer points to the story as it's unfolding. Anything that stands out from that press conference uh, involving the announcement of Hawkeye Wrestling Club women's team? Um, it the the level of support I think was really really cool to see because you know they announced it on like a Thursday morning at like eleven thirty is when they held that press conference. But um, you know I know the the Hawkeye Wrestling Club's a little bit different than you know the actual Iowa athletes. But like they like I, Jordan was there, Rachel was there, and then like a handful of like the other Iowa wrestlers were there, which was really really cool. And Tom made it a point to point all of that out, just that you know hey like. We didn't ask them to be here, but they're here because they understand like, how kind of how big and cool this is, um, which is I mean, that was kind of a question I had for you, Jordan. Like they they brought you guys in. Um, you know, I think they announced you guys adding to the to the Hawkeye Wrestling Club the, the same day as the World Team Trials. And then a couple weeks later, you know, they make this announcement. Um, I How cool is it for maybe you specifically to kind of be a part of this? I mean, this is a monumental move here from the University of Iowa to add a women's program. They obviously bring you guys in because we know how crucial the RTC is to certain college programs. Like to be part of this at Iowa, which you know, this I mean, this there could be huge ripple effects from this. Like, I, have you kind of thought about you know your role in this and what you guys maybe? I I I, I don't know if represents the right word, but um, you know, it's kind of cool to include you in on this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely, it is. It's. <laughs> It's, it's amazing, nerve-wracking. <laughs> like, uh, uh, just being here, because, you know, a lot a lot of people dream of doing this. Right. I dream of doing this a lot. And, you know, making it here and then being asked to come here, it's a whole different ball game. Like, you're actually here. You're doing the job. You're a part of this, this club and this team now. And, like, they're, they're, not, they're not going easy on you at all. They're expecting the same expectations for these guys and for you and for you to be putting out there for other people and other, other athletes. So <laughs> I like what you're saying though, about, um, uh, being a part of this historic, uh, uh, release and announcement, you know, Presbyterian may have been first in terms of men's and women's wrestling at division one level, but it took a power five school and we don't want to forget sacred heart. Okay. So it was Presbyterian, Sacred Art, and now the University of Iowa in terms of adding a recognized women's program. And I'm so excited about this because it draws an, a completely different, not even that, it's not a completely different fan base. It adds a, another component to the fan base. I believe 
This makes wrestling a much stronger competitor in terms of eyeballs, money, uh, facilities. I mean, the arms race continues as the University of Iowa is building that freestanding facility. Where are they at on that, Cody? They, they as far as I know, they're going to, and Jordan might know more than me, um, but they, I believe they're going to start breaking ground in the spring. So okay. the, the money, the money's in the money. They fundraised everything. I believe they've even over fundraised. So they're, they're going to have quite a bit of money to kickstart the women's program once they, once they get a coach in place and they hire assistants and they start, you know, getting after it on the recruiting trail. But, um, you know, I, as far as I know, by next spring, they'll start breaking ground, and it should be, you know, I don't know how quickly they'll build it. They'll probably want to take their time on that. Yeah, I've seen the plans, and I'm very um, interested to know that everything's under one roof, okay? And it's mm-hmm. a freestanding facility. No uh, no having to wrestle in the basements of, of Carver-Hawkeye. Not that ha- that hasn't been a good home, because it's been a great home for Hawkeye wrestling. But it's time. If you want to compete on the national stage and put out competitors that are nationally great but also internationally great and that's where i think the women's program is really going to play an important role uh it adds stability it has a completely different look and uh, i for one i'm proud of my alma mater i truly am they, that was a big deal for tom brands and gary barda did you have any conversation with gary barda and i'm talking to you jordan did you have any conversation with, with uh, gary barda and or tom brands i would imagine both uh, i don't think i've had one no, not with Gary yet, but with Tom, uh, yes, um, multiple about that. We, because um, he's been, I, I had no idea that Tom's been wanting this for a good minute. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because we've been wanting it, the women, we've all been wanting it for a minute for us to be here. Now, a minute doesn't seem like a very long period of time, Okay. If he's been wanting it for about a minute. Hey, man, she's turning a phrase. A, oh. mi- a minute means a, quite a while. Is that what it quite is? Quite a while, okay. yeah. That's a turn We've all been wanting this women's wrestling thing to really take <laughs> off. And for a minute. For yeah. a minute. For, there, you get it, Scott. You get it. <laughs> I may be we, can te- we can teach an old dog new tricks, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. I may be old, but I ain't stupid, okay? <laughs> I'm sure there are probably others out there that would disagree with that statement. but Hey, Jordan, how long have you guys been in Iowa City? Like, have you, have you kind of gotten, you know, I, it's been a really exciting time probably in, since you've been announced as members of the HWC, but how long have you guys actually physically been in Iowa City? Uh, so I got, I don't know when Rachel, Rachel, I know Rachel lives here, not too far, like our, but me personally, I got here August, August 19th. Yes. Okay. What, what have you learned about Iowa wrestling, the program, the Brands Brothers, Iowa City in general mm-hmm. in the time that you've been there? Um, the big thing there is there is a psychotic as I think they were. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're exactly that, man. They're, I like the fact of the matter that, you know, we are treated just as equally as the guys are in there. Like, they're, I, I was just, you know, you always expect something different. Always expect to be pushed to the side or to be told to do something else or if you don't have a partner, hey, figure it out. No, it's if you're going to do the same thing, your teammate's going to have your back. They're going to help you. Uh, we're going to be on your butt. Like, you're here, expected to be here at 6 a.m. in the morning, expected to be here at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, you get your practice in, you get your therapy, you get all of that. It's, it's great. It's crazy. It's great. I love it. Like, they are, I'd say it perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, by the way, Gable once said, it's always good to be the first in the room. And he yes, told sir. that to Ed Bannock. Okay. Ed started showing up right before Gable. 
<laughs> and then so Gable had to adjust his schedule out to be there 10 minutes before Eddie Bannock and Lou Bannock and all that. I mean, the first person in the room generally wins the day. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Jordan, I'm pre- still 30 minutes early. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. If you're, if you're that early, you're never late, right? I was, oh. I was always surprised to, to hear on a, on a coastal level by coastal east to west doesn't matter that there are so many young people out there that aspire to a program that for many of them is a thousand, 2000 miles away. And that's the university of Iowa. One of the things that I want you to take away from you, Rachel and the rest need you to go, go down to the airliner and order a pizza. Okay. I don't know if you're a beer drinking age yet, but they've got cold beer. They've, that's the very front door of the These campus. are elite level athletes we're talking to. Yeah. So they yeah. do drink beer. <laughs> no, 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 no. This, these aren't these aren't 1980 Iowa Hawkeye wrestlers anymore, man. Yeah, those, these are Olympic hopefuls. Those, Come on now. Those are the rough and tumble days of my t- tenure on campus. That's for sure. I appreciate you joining us today, Jordan. You're a breath of fresh air. The Hawkeye Wrestling Club is throwing out the welcome mat for you, and uh, we as well. We're going to be talking to you more and in the future. I'm confident of that. Today, it's a great day to be an Iowa wrestling fan, and you're one of the reasons why. Thank you. Thank you guys, man. I love the support from everyone, especially from the uh, USA takedown on ESPN radio, right? Yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Can you you imagine she had said no? (laughs) Would have made for great radio. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Jordan, we're sending you to the showers kid. Good job on the show today. We appreciate that. And congratulations. Thank you guys so much. Can't wait to see to talk to you guys again. All right, kiddo. There we go. And by the way, everybody's a kiddo to me. I don't care how old you are, I call. Well, yeah, you're older than almost everybody you talk to. Yeah, probably. that's true. It's very true. About two <laughs> minutes remain. This is huge uh, when you hear Mike Moyer not saying that wrestling's in trouble. Wrestling's in trouble. Wrestling's in trouble. It's not. Right now, we're starting to see not just great foundations built, but the expansion of uh, foundations and programs out there. The University of Iowa obviously getting it. How hard do you think... Tom Brands had to play his cards in order to make this a reality, a women's program within the Hawkeye Wrestling Club. Uh, the grand scheme of things, not very hard, but I know that he, over the last few years, probably dating all the way back to, honestly, the 2016 Olympic trials, um, he has been kind of in Barda's ear just like, hey, like, when are we doing this, boss? Mm-hmm. What's going on? What are we doing? Where, where are we at on women's wrestling? What's going on here? We should do this. We should open this up. Um you know, because 2016 Olympic trials is the second straight year was in Iowa City. Yep. Um, I people I think really started to really pay attention to the women's wrestling movement at that point. Right. Later that summer, Helen wins gold, right? First American woman to win gold in the Olympics. Um, you know, and it, you can probably point to that as you know the starting point to what's really been an insane tidal wave of momentum when it comes to girls and women's wrestling. Because since then, high school participation has almost doubled. We're over a hundred collegiate, you know, women's programs now. And then obviously we all saw the success of the women's program at the Olympics this past summer mm-hmm. Four medalists, potentially almost had a fifth with Jakara wrestling for bronze. Um, you know, and it's obviously not stopping now that the Hawkeyes are on board. And then, oh, by the way, um, the senior team is back in Norway now for the world Oslo. championships that begin this weekend. So we have a guest on from Oslo, Norway next week, part of the uh, company that is pro fighters league. Okay. And uh, we'll tell you who that is. I'm not supposed to release it yet, but that'll be, I think we're going to do that on Facebook live, uh, on the, uh, on the show. And, uh, I understand he speaks great English, but Oslo, Norway, you don't think Oslo, Norway and great wrestling. Well, let me tell you something. 
We're going to teach you that there is a tremendous history in Europe, in particular Norway. We'll talk more about that and all the other topics we're going to be covering with Cody Goodwin, Des Moines Register Ace Reporter. Cody, where can they find you online? What's the uh, most prevalent uh, place where people can find your work? Yeah, most prevalent is a Twitter account, at Cody Goodwin, but you can find my stories on Des Moines Register, Hawk Central, um, and then even Intermat a little bit. I'm covering a little bit more of the Big Ten this upcoming season. So awesome. I'm pretty excited about that. And no matter what you're covering, you're going to do a great job. We appreciate you joining us today. All right, stay tuned. There's more USA Takedown on the other side of the top of the hour break. You're listening to us on 102.1 FM and 1350 ESPN. We are Des Moines Sports Leader. USA Takedown is brought to you by Barbarian Apparel and Kaldenberg's PBS Landscaping. Stay tuned. More USA Takedown after this short timeout. All right, welcome back to the show. It is USA Takedown on uh, this and many radio stations, internet, various platforms across the country. Best place to go to get started would be usatakedown.com. In studio guest today, guest host Cody Goodwin. He's joined us many times over the years in different iterations of this particular show on different stations. But uh, is this your first time in studio here at ESPN Radio? Yeah, this is the first time I've been at Des Moines Radio Group. Okay, well, I'm glad to, I'm glad to have you. Um, we're talking an awful lot. Cody, about women's wrestling, the importance of what the University of Iowa just did. Mike Moyer, the NWCA, is on cloud nine because he believes this is the one thing that he needed to happen in order for other programs and other schools and other institutions to add women's programs. And I think you agree with that. Yeah. I The one thing Mike told me, because I talked to him, you know, the day before Iowa announced, um, was that, you know, he, he, he told me point blank, he said, this is the boat that's going to like, or this is, this is the tide that's going to raise all boats. Right. Um, and then the other thing he told me was that just like, you know, this is kind of a message to any and all administrators who are on the fence about girls wrestling and women's wrestling. You know, is it here to stay? Like, yes. Like the, the Hawkeyes have made it a priority. Um, it is now part of their program. It should be part of yours soon, like sooner rather than later. We're seeing some movement in terms of coaching. One of the guys that is not moving anywhere anytime soon is the assistant head coach of Nebraska Kearney Wrestling Program, former Cyclone in his own right. Andrew Sorensen uh, joins us on the program again. Andrew, how are you? Good. Uh, how are you doing? I'm I'm good. We're obviously very excited. Say good morning to Cody Goodwin. <laughs> yeah, Scott and Cody, thanks for having me on. Our pleasure. Andrew, you joined Nebraska Kearney in what, August of 2016? I did, yep. And how has that been for you? Because being a high-level uh, competitor when at Iowa State, uh, now being a coach of a, a well-known program, I'm talking about Nebraska Kearney, and we were discussing this in the off-air, uh, off right? Who's the most famous wrestler or competitor to come out of Nebraska Kearney? I didn't think of it, but you did, Cody. Who is that guy? So maybe, okay, maybe Andrew can correct me, but when I think of, um, UNK. First off, I think of the Portillo brothers because they're going to wrestle this year, and we're going to mm. talk about that. But two, yeah. um, Kamaru Usman, um, reigning UFC champ right now. That's that's who I yeah. think of when I think of the Lopers. I don't know who do you think of, Andrew? Uh, Travel Delognov is hard to uh, to See, uh, not, not make that. in that conversation as well. That's, I mean, who, both, that's who Scott said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Both are uh, some of the best in their field. So. You know, we had Travell on last week to talk about his new employment at uh, University of Nebraska, Lincoln. Um, man, talk about a grounded individual, a kind individual, a great father, great uh, husband, 
uh, but he understands wrestling. There was a time when I watched him uh, go downhill quickly because of the injuries to his back. We were all in Los Angeles at the time, and I was hoping for the best, and there were times when he just couldn't wrestle. Wrestling is so very difficult for so many, and in, in this case, it was a physical issue. How is your team looking in terms of uh, health-wise as we enter the all-important month of October? Oh, we got some bumps and bruises right now, but uh, right. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's getting just all choked up really, talking uh, about it. <laughs> yeah, just being really diligent right now with uh, some guys that are maybe coming off some surgeries in the summer or uh, guys that maybe nicked up a knee right now. There's no need to push them. I mean, we don't compete nationally until at Nationals till March, so kind of hold the reins back. I know they're all chomping at the bit, so but for the most part, we're really healthy. Uh, we're carrying 42 guys on the team wow. this year, which is the most we've ever had uh, with COVID and and some guys get an extra year, and some guys want to stay and start their Masters. Um, it's really made a, a big team, which makes it very competitive in the room. So it's been fun. You know, I want, I want you to address uh, the time that you spent in Cedar Falls with the Panther, Panther Wrestling Club. Yeah. Talk about yep. that as an important part of your career in developing as a coach. Yeah, I think it was a, a what I needed, actually, uh, for my coaching being around those guys, um, particularly Doug and Randy, mm-hmm. uh, they just really kind of mentored me and, uh, and made me ask some hard questions about myself of how I wanted to be perceived and coach and, um, you know, how I wanted to treat the guys. And I think you can see it, uh, up there. They're very much a family. Uh, they take care of each other. Um, you know, that was, a good time to be there, uh, in my, in my growth. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, and by the way, um, one of the things, Andrew, I've heard, correct me if I'm wrong, put the rumors to bed. Uh, you're going to be competing yourself going back to your old school ways. You're going to be competing at stalemate street league too. Is there any truth to that? <laughs> uh, no, no truth to that yet there, Scott. He says <laughs> yet, yet he says, yeah, yet he says, I mean, I mean, uh, I'm maybe not as good as I once was, but I'm as good as once as I ever was, right? <laughs> great, great lyric poll. Great lyric poll. <laughs> Andrew Schwartzen, our, our guest, uh, he's always a good interview. I think it's because he knows his stuff. Um, I want to go back to your record at, uh, at Iowa State. You, you took out of that program a 93-31 and 31 career record. And you were a two-time Big 12 Conference place winner, taking third in 2010 at 157 and second in 2012 at 165. How much do you weigh today? Uh, I weighed 200 this morning, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This morning, he says. This morning, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It'll be a lot less by the end of the day. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, in college, I mean, I was coming down from about 190, uh, so I'm a little thicker than I was in college for sure, but uh, still work out with the guys about every day. Love it. Now, you have the... um, the the uh, great luck to be able to work with a former teammate uh, in Dalton Jensen as he is the head coach there. The decision to go to UNK, how difficult was that for you, and was it uh, as much of an honor as I think it is? Um, so Dalton and I were roommates in college, mm-hmm. and, and we always knew that we wanted to coach uh, at the collegiate level. 
uh, we talked about it quite often in our younger years, you know, dreaming and stuff. And uh, when that opportunity came up, we almost kind of paused and was like, this seems really early for him to be ahead and me joining him. Uh, we thought it would happen later on down our years. Um, but it's not very often you get to work with your best friend and, and the fact that we're both different personalities. I think we mesh really well together uh, because we respect each other. So we can come at things from a little bit of different angle. Um, and I just think we collaborate really well together. So uh, when he called, it was almost like, is it too early? And he's like, well, <laughs> it's going to happen now. And I was like, all right, I guess let's jump in here and do it. So um, I'm very grateful. I, I love it. Um, like I said, it's not very often you, you work with your best friend every single day. So I uh, really love it. Super grateful that he gave me the call and, and uh, I'm glad I get to come out here. So You guys make a good pair. I, I got to tell you, as far as coaching goes, it's a good one-two punch. Um, how do you guys just determine who's in whose corner uh, during competition, specifically at the top level? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. It's really whoever. Uh, like, sometimes we, it's not a big guy, little guy thing. It's just kind of read, readily available. Um, and then uh, there's a few guys, you know, that maybe he's very more calm and, and collaborative and, and uh, heartwarming. So he's, he, there's a few guys on our team that really respond to him really well, and there's a couple guys that really respond to me well um, being in the corner. So and just kind of bounce back and forth. Wrestling's wrestling. We, all, we both know how to teach it and coach it, and, and we know our guys. Um, front and back of what they need and what they need to compete at a high level. So, um, yeah, it just kind of works its way, works itself out. You know, I think about your time at South Dakota State in 2013 and 2014. Uh, that was a developmental year for you as an assistant coach at South Dakota. Yeah. Um, yep. And the Jackrabbits are looking pretty good these days, right? I mean, and that, that I think one of the biggest reasons is because of great coaches like you that knew there was something good there. We needed to make it great. Chris Bono was another, John Reeder was another, uh, but it was an important launching pad, uh, for, uh, wrestling coaches and athletes. I mean, look at Seth for goodness sakes. You know, I believe that right. every step of yours is almost calculated. It's almost as if this is a script that was being written, uh, just for you but you've always been in the right place at the right time. And, uh, I think you're in a great place there at, at Kearney specifically to be able to make a difference with our young athletes today. I want to ask you about the news that came out of Iowa city. Cody Goodwin covered it well. And yeah. that was that, uh, yeah. the Hawkeye wrestling club would be adding women's wrestling uh, along with the brand new standalone facility with the ground set to uh, break on uh, the spring coming up. What are your thoughts on that news? Well, I think you kind of touched on it the schools I was at and, and you can talk about the Hawkeyes wrestling, like you got to have it from the top down and that starts with your administrators. You have to have that support from those administrators and mm -hmm. they have to value it. And I think that was what really, you know, Iowa just put their mark on being a first power five that had women's wrestling. Um, and that came probably from the administrators with maybe a little bit of push from those coaches, you know, uh, but they they think it's important and and I think it's important. It's going to be it's a, women's wrestling in its very early stages, you know. And I think this is something twenty years down the road will will be like holy smokes, what a you know what a change, right? Um, so 
I think has added a bunch of strength to the sport uh, from all aspects. You know, we've got teams that are going to be competing uh, men's and women in Oslo, Norway. Uh, yeah. And what's this, what's the start date on that, Cody, the Oslo, Norway? So it actually uh, starts like, I, I guess for our time, like yeah. first session starts 3.30 a.m. tomorrow morning. Yeah, so you're... Yep. You're going to go home and take a nap, are you? No, dude, I got high school football to cover tonight, so it's it's going to be a tricky balancing act. So. No, you'll get it done. You always do. Cody Goodwin in the studio. Our guest is Andrew Sorensen, uh, kind of my go-to guy. I love talking with you, Andrew, and uh, you make uh, wrestling much more exciting. What was it about the sport of wrestling that initially attracted you? Uh, just the fact that it was you could rely on yourself. Um, my I grew up in a, a small or a small family farm, so uh, my parents never wrestled and didn't have any family members that really wrestled. But you know, they always told me, you know, if you work hard enough, you can you can accomplish whatever you want. And I think wrestling just matched up really well with what they preached to me as as a kid. Um, I was lucky enough to have some good coaches. It was Dave Cunningham, Murray Anderson, you know, Steve Stout, and those guys were they take me around and help me out, um, take me to camps and, and you, you start putting yourself around good people and you just kind of gravitate towards, towards that culture and the, the leadership around you. And I just had a lot of good people around, around me at the time, you know, uh, go off to college and wrestle. And, and I just knew right away, like, I don't want to do anything else except be a wrestling coach my entire life. And luckily enough, I was able to do that. So. To be able to live out one's passion, to be able to live out those dreams of uh, becoming a part of the sport, doing your level best, rising to the top as you did, um, now you have that opportunity to do just that same thing uh, as a coach within the sport. And Nebraska Carney's got a great wrestling history. Uh, Nebraska yeah. itself has a great wrestling history. And I'm super grateful that you're at a program that can not only use you, but all of your expertise you've gained along the way as well. And so it's a... Uh, you know, it, it, it's for me, the dawning of a new season is always so very important because we all have high hopes, but we really don't know what we've got until we start competing. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I don't care. Sure. I don't care if you're returning every one of your champions from last year. Okay. Like the university of Iowa was doing or yep. Kale Sanderson looking to upset the plans of one Tom brands when at Penn state, he's looking to steal away some of that thunder. Cody, would you agree with that? What the kale's trying to dethrone Iowa? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay, not ninety-five percent, hundred percent. I wonder if they talk on the phone much. I gotta believe they do. I think they—they're not like best buds, but I think they're—they're they're a lot more cordial than like people would probably believe. Well, Tom actually has they're uh, competitors. Right. Yeah, I think like like there's a respect level. Yeah, I think there has to be right. Yeah, to to. You know, the University of Iowa that has or is returning uh, on a very important team historically uh, to competition this year. I think Kale is building strong out in State College. I do. But I'm also thinking that, you know, while we're throwing uh, a little bit of shade at other programs, we have to take a look at what Kevin Dresser is doing at Iowa State. It's been very impressive how quickly they've kind of climbed back up. When um, he took over the program, they were 1-10. in 10. Is that right? Was, I, it was something rough. It was like, like one or two or three and 10. And when he took over the program at Virginia tech upon the departure of one Tom brands, that program was in a similar state. Yeah. And, they, I, you know, he dressers a program builder, right? Like mm -hmm. before he even got to Virginia tech, he had built 
you know, a nearby high school into a Virginia powerhouse. Christianburg? Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, then he got, then he goes to tech and, you know, that was a little bit of a slow build, which is what I think makes what he's done at Iowa state a little bit more impressive. They're going to have a very, very good team this coming season. And then they've got a tremendous recruiting class coming in, um, you know, on top of, you know, guys that they're probably going to have red shirt this next season. So they, the Cyclones definitely on the way up and it's been, it's been pretty fun to watch them compete the last few years. Andrew, how awesome is wrestling right now? (laughs) I'm fired (laughs) up. It's so good. (laughs) Not even talking about you and I. Iowa could have three teams that are that placed in the top twelve this year. Like How about that, a lot of really good teams. I'm I'm pretty exciting in Iowa for sure. Andrew, thank you very much for joining us today. We appreciate it. our best to uh, Dalton as well. We'll get him on the show soon. But uh, yeah. it's a big program. Mm-hmm. Big uh, guests like you won a 152 pound state championship for Wooden Crystal Lake Tatanka, not named after the WWE wrestler Tatanka. Okay. No nope. truth to that, but 155 and 10 in your prep career. I love that about you. You've always competed well, and you're even more, I think, even more capable this today in terms of coaching than you were last year. You've learned so much and are giving out so much knowledge and education to all of those that you're in charge of. We appreciate that. Thank you. Hey, best of your family, okay? Sounds good. He is the assistant head coach of Nebraska Kearney Wrestling Program, joining in August of 2016, serving as the head assistant coach, along with his roommate from college, Dalton Jensen. I think that's a that's a cool story because you guys get to be very close. Some are rooming just because they need a place to sleep. But, the, you know, while wrestling is an individual sport, so much can be drawn out of that team aspect as well. Yeah, 100 percent. That's that's a fun story. And, you know, they're probably not the only one like that either. If you look around at some of these other um, you know, D1, D2, even D3 and NAIA programs. There's a lot of, you know, former wrestlers who have turned coaches who are still surrounded by a lot of the same guys that they grew up wrestling with. Well, I tried to surround myself with greatness, and my producer, Kira Jones, uh, mirrors that, uh, I think. She she resembles that, fa- that, uh, that fact, and I appreciate you, Kira. Thank you so much. We'll take it to break right now. You're listening to USA Takedown, brought to you in part by our friends at here.com. Great hearing aids, great prices, even better customer service. That's here.com forward slash Casper for the best prices. Stay tuned. There's more on the other side of the break. This is 102.1 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Stay tuned. Casper will be right back with more USA Takedown. All right, welcome back to the show. Hey, you know what? We've got big news out of Athens, Ohio. Hunter Steber has been hired as an assistant coach for Ohio wrestling, uh, said head coach Joel Greenlee, um, not that long ago. Hunter is, uh, an amazing athlete, but he's turning out to be a very good coach. He joins us now. Hunter, good morning. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Good, man. That, that news out of Athens really encouraged me because the job you did at, uh, in Norman, right. For Oklahoma, uh, yeah, it, I think it was stellar and you had some great coaches to work with down there, but the athletes were outstanding as well. And the tremendous respect they exhibited for you. Uh, I think you're taking that with you. This is a, an opportunity to return home to your home state, right? Yep. Who has greenly said that Hunter is very skilled at developing young wrestlers and is a big wrestling name in the state of Ohio. I'm going to add one more thing to that. Not just a big name in terms of the Ohio Valley. But I'm talking about coast to coast. People know who the Stebers are, and there's a ton of respect. That comes with quality work you did uh, as a competitor, 
and the quality work you're providing now as a coach. Um, and having Greenlee say that uh, about you being a home run hire, I think that's, uh, you can't buy that kind of publicity. No, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's cool to, you know, to come back to Ohio and, uh, you know, have people you know, say that about, about you. So it, uh, you know, it, it, it's really nice, nice feeling, you know, that, you know, all these years and been gone for six years and people still, still, still appreciate me. I've been down to Norman. I think you probably have too, haven't you, uh, Cody? Yeah. Okay. You understand the summers down there are a little bit different than in Ohio <laughs> in terms of heat. Um, I got to believe you're looking forward to getting back to Ohio where your family is. Your brother Logan is on staff at uh, Ohio State University. Um, how much do you get to see him during the season? Um, before, before, um, I, uh, I rarely got to see him. I mean, I only came back for, for, for Christmas and stuff like that, but, uh, now I'm only an hour away. I mean, I stayed with him for, for a couple of days as I made my move down to Athens, but, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll get to see him a lot more now. Obviously, I'd be, we'd both be pretty busy on, on the weekends during the season, but hopefully over the summer and, and on breaks, I can see him him, him more. You know, I have to, if, if I look at your career as a young coach when at, um, at Oklahoma, you were able to help in the development of NCAA qualifiers like Dom DeMoss and Justin Thomas, uh, and then having the ability to continue to uh, impress and learn as much as you possibly could from Lou Roselli, what was that like for you? Um, you know, it, it, it was great. I've been I've been under Lou for over like over ten years, and he was my co- he was my main coach at uh, at Ohio State, and obviously he was you know, my boss and, and head coach at, at Oklahoma. And uh, you know, it's great. He's he's been around wrestling forever. He's you know Olympian, so he's he's done it all, and he's he's a fantastic wrestling coach. So he knows. He knows he knows a lot, and uh, I try to absorb as much of that knowledge right. as I could. Um, while while you know, obviously being an athlete and then being a coach, it's a little bit easier when you're the coach. Um, to absorb the knowledge because you're not tired at practice. But uh, but yeah, no, it, uh, it 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 was great learning on there. And then, and just to add to that too, like I have a lot of respect for you know Jay Jaggers who who coached me as well right. at Ohio State, and then also. You know, Mike Leitner uh, at Oklahoma. He is uh, he is equally as uh, um, impressive as a coach. He's got a lot of a lot of knowledge, and, and he's got some really really good stuff. You mentioned Jay Jaggers. A lot of people recognize him as the veritable fashion plate of, <laughs> of the sport of wrestling. Uh, yeah. you know, he, he he looks good. I got to tell you, I, I, if I had that frame, I'd wear those clothes too. But obviously, <laughs> sweats are. You know, jeans, probably more comfortable for me. All right. Yeah. All right. So talk to us about your, you're going from, uh, uh, one conference to another being at, um, uh, at uh, Norman, you were part of the, uh, campaign, uh, that saw the school win its, uh, uh, first conference championship in 19 years. Last time they won a conference championship, coach Jack Spates was there. Talk to us about that special season. Um, I mean, it uh, it was really cool. I, I, we obviously, I mean, you expect to do your, your best at at, at Big Twelves and, and stuff, but uh, we uh, you know, we're we're just trying to get all you know all our guys out to nationals, and 
where we were we had a pretty good first couple sessions, and then you look at the scores, and um, we we're like, oh wow, like we're we're in the running, like we could uh, we could really take this home. So um, I think that really kind of helped turn around a lot of our guys on the team for uh, to qualify as well because they kind of saw that. Um, you know, we could win, we could win a talented team. So, those are extra little points you need to, to, you know, get majors, to get techs, and you can get pins, um, were important. And a lot of the guys, you got to see them get behind each other to score those extra points so we could, you know, take home the title. I got to ask you how, how important, and we'll go to you in a second, uh, Cody, how important is the, uh, the legendary, uh, competition between Oklahoma and, uh, Oklahoma State. Um, I mean, there's a lot of rivalry. It's, it's, it's not that big of a state, so there's not that many people, and they love their sports. So there's a there's a big rivalry in in all, and obviously they're they're really good at wrestling and they've been really good at wrestling. So, um, there's been you know the, the fans are 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 they get rowdy. They, they you know they want their their team to win, and <laughs> it uh it gets uh it gets kind of hectic during that. I remember announcing and broadcasting with Jim Ross by my side, uh, a tremendous uh, announcer in pro wrestling, also in uh, football, but also a very proud Sooner. Uh, man, I tell you what, he, he was welcomed uh, as much as anybody on the team was when we introduced him uh, that special night at the McCausland Fieldhouse. Um, there is a certain legend that goes with Oklahoma wrestling, whether you're at State or OU, right? Yeah. I was proud to be a part of that. I remember Jeremy Spates picked me up at the airport and uh, he was suffering from a cold, uh, just started a disease back treatment and uh, absolutely was a great host on campus for me. But, um, you know, there's a lot of legendary coaches. One of them happens to be your new boss in Joel Greenley. Now, we did a little research on Joel Greenley. What high school was it? Uh, he's from Waverly Shell Rock. Well, Waverly Shell Rock, a state champ. Uh, yeah, he was a state champ back in 84. Went to uni University of Northern Iowa, mm -hmm. wrestled for the Panthers. What clicked with you in order for you to take this job? What was it about Joel Greenlee and his invitation that made you want to accept the position? Um, well, I, I, met, I met Joel. Um, uh, I was in college. I went to the Pan Am Games or, or Festival. I, it was one of the Pan Am championships like that. And uh, it was out in Mexico City, and he was one of the coaches um, for the team. So I met him down there, and um, obviously coached at Ohio, also Ohio State. Um, so he kind of, you know, he was kind of like my coach just because I, I have a coach um, that w that went with me. So we kind of we went there, and I knew him. So we'd see him at tournaments, and I would uh, talk to him there, and just how's it going, blah blah blah, <laughs> and. Um, he called me, and he had a job opening. Said, you know, it'd be great. You know, have you come in for an interview? You know, close to your home. You bring him back to Ohio. Things be good for you. And uh, you know, I thought about it and talked to my you know, family about it. And I came to campus, and you know, campus. I've never been to Athens before because I'm busy, busy in college. And uh, we, we dueled them, but when you duel someone, you don't really see campus. You just kind of see the the workout facility, and then where you compete. Uh, and the campus is beautiful, and, and I love Ohio. So I thought, you know, we always recruit Ohio guys to Oklahoma, so it'd be easier just, you know, recruit Ohio guys to Ohio. 
I'm I'm pretty psyched about your return to Ohio. I know Monroeville was a great home for you and your brother and your family, but uh, returning home to the Valley, I think, is even more important because you are a well-known and well-respected name. Your family surely is as well. But this is a great opportunity to help affect the very future of Joel Greenlee's Bobcat program. And uh, I think he has hired one of the level best out there. The conversation between him and Lou Roselli and uh, in, in probably seeking out the opportunity to have that conversation about you taking the job. I don't know how it, I feel if somebody came in and was, I don't want to say poaching, okay? But, you know, in, in some ways, it's, it's uh, understandable that coaches want to grow and get back to the roots. We saw Kevin Dresser leave Virginia Tech and head to Ames, Iowa, 30 minutes away from his mom, not that far from, from Humboldt, Iowa. But um, it's a big it's a big move. It says a lot about your faith and trust in Joel Greenlee and the Bobcat program. Um, when do you actually start your gig? Uh, I've been here. So I got here last Friday, so it's been um, I've been here for a whole week now. A hot minute? Yep. <laughs> I don't what <laughs> Jordan Newton uh, was uh, telling me that, you know, in her interview earlier in the program that uh, uh, Tom Brands has been working on this Hawkeye Wrestling Club Women's Edition for a minute. I didn't truly understand that. I th- well, that's we're, not- we're expanding Scott's vocabulary <laughs> this morning, Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Hunter, I, I congratulate you on the move. Uh, I know Joel Greenlee uh, has needed and long wanted a Steber on his staff. I'm looking forward to having Joel on the show. He did call during the first hour, by the way, and uh, I know that I'll be getting him uh, on the program most likely the 8th. So if you learn anything between now and then, any ammunition that I can use, okay, in talking to Coach, Coach Greenley, please let me know, would you? Oh, yeah, I will. I'll shoot you a text. <laughs> please do. Hunter Stever's been our guest, new assistant for the uh, Joel Greenley-led program there at Ohio University and is going to make an impact. I'm confident of that. Look at the work he did at Oklahoma. Man, I tell you what. All right, uh, we'll take our commercial break here in about five, right? So I want to go one-on-one with Cody Goodwin. Cody, there is a lot of rumors and innuendo out there about programs that should have um, a women's program. And as much as Iowa has made the announcement, you know, that, that shot across the bow is important indeed because Iowa views itself as being the leader in the sport of wrestling, right? So who else in the state uh, besides Grandview, okay, so who else in the state is set or should be getting ready to add a women's program? So Iowa is actually the seventh college program in the state to add women's wrestling. The first one was Waldorf. Um, This was back in 2010. Um, So they're tucked up in Orange City, Mm -hmm. um, have had varying levels of success, but more or less kind of quiet because you don't necessarily think Waldorf when you think of Iowa wrestling, right? right? Um, So the other six have all come since 2019. Grandview obviously was the next one. Since then, you've had um, William Penn has Mm -hmm. added a program where Tucker Black, Megan Black's brother, is the head coach down there. Um, You know, Indian Hills has announced a program at the junior college level. Same with Iowa Western. They're a little bit more recent. Um, Iowa Wesleyan um, has not only added a program, but has done really, really well on the recruiting trail. They're bringing in some some high powered girls wrestlers from all around the country. I know they're bringing in, um, you know, a superstar, Mia Palumbo out of uh, Illinois. I think she's already on campus, um, but they're really, really excited about her. so, I mean, this girl, this women's wrestling and girls wrestling thing has been, I mean, it's been here in Iowa for quite a few years now. Um, who's next? I, I'm not sure how well positioned, you know, you and I, Iowa State, 
um, are in terms of, you know, are they next in line? But, you know, maybe you look at like a Warburg or maybe you look at like a Loris College. You know, I'm not sure how well positioned they are either, but, you know, those are two schools. Warburg has a lot of history, obviously, with, right. um, you know, just a lot of success on the men's side. Um, Loris has kind of been up and coming. Coe College is another that's, you know, been really, really good in recent years when it comes to the Division three competition. Um, you know, I would probably look at some of the smaller schools and maybe some of the other NAIA programs around the state before maybe Iowa State and UNI. But, um, you know, again, the Hawkeyes adding it, you know, that's that's not only going to that it's going to apply pressure, if not just, you know, straight up for schools to also add women's programs. So you got to think Iowa State and UNI are probably if they haven't already, they're probably having those conversations right now. Our guest, Cody Goodwin, in studio, Des Moines Register. Uh, nobody covers the sport as good or better than than our guest uh, guest host today. Cody Goodwin been on the show many times over the years, but um, I'm interested to know your thoughts. You were there. I was there uh, at uh, Forte, right, for the inaugural edition of Stalemates Street League 1. Street League 2 has been named to take place August, excuse me, October 29th on the grounds of the Iowa State Fair in the Elwell family family center out on uh, the state on the fairgrounds. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's showing growth measured growth, but it was a wildly a popular affair here in Des Moines. What are your thoughts on stalemate street league two, especially as we approach for many, you know, open practices at the collegiate level, are they going to be able to sustain uh, wrestlers, competitors that fans are going to want to follow and buy that Patreon at three ninety nine a month and support Stalemate Street League Two in person buying tickets. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think so. I because if you, I mean, you you know Zach very well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the mastermind behind Stalemates. His idea wasn't to create an all star card of like super high level college postgraduate. Even you know, I think he's got a high school match or two on this upcoming Stalemate right. Street League Two. That wasn't his idea. Like his idea was to, you know, give former wrestlers or, you know, wrestling fans or just people who are kind of in and around the sport an opportunity to, you know, feel that, you know, celebrity stardom for a night. You know, like we we all kind of get jazzed a little bit when we're sitting at Carver Hawkeye Arena and I was wrestling in front of a sold out crowd against another high level quality opponent. Um, same thing at Hilton in recent years, the West gym is always jam packed. And then, you know, you look around the country, places like rec hall and Gallagher Iba arena and, you know, Madison, Wisconsin is going to have, um, a tremendous program worth following this year up in Wisconsin, you know, with the Badgers. Um, you know, I think he just wanted to create another environment and just kind of offer up an opportunity. You know, that's why he's calling it street league, right? right. Like they, they, they kind of play by their own rules a little bit. Um, really the only criterion for his matchups is like, Hey, just kind of weigh roughly the same. Um, I think, you know, the, the first card, and I think even a little bit of the second card, he's tried to, you know, he doesn't want to put, you know, a past national champ against a guy that's never wrestled before. Right. But like on the first card, we saw, you know, an Iowa high school state qualifier who has since become, you know, a pretty solid MMA fighter, Russell, a, a guy who, you know, I, I want to say he took like third or fourth at the Ironman. Um, I'm not exer- exactly sure, but, you know, lopsided credentials, um, you know, and the, you know, the Iowa high school state qualifier won, you know, like it was just, it was, you know, it, it's, a, it's a unique blend of like, you know, and especially on this card, there's a handful of matches between wrestling fans who maybe have never wrestled before. And so, you know, I, the, the superstar college athletes, the postgraduates, um, it's nice to kind of draw in interest, but I don't know that that's exactly kind of the target athletes that he's looking for to put on his card. So I think he'll be just fine. I would, the, my favorite entrance of the night was Mikey England. M I Z. 
Oh my goodness <laughs> sakes. Are you kidding me? He came out in his fireman gear. That's awesome. I don't that know was who so cool. was he a fireman. He is currently he st- still is. a yeah. fireman. Goodness sakes. Mikey is so much fun. And he really brought it that night. He enjoyed invigorating the crowd. The crowd loved it. And that's what stalemates wanted, right? Like Mm -hmm. they want guys who are going to kind of embrace this, the personality side of wrestling. You know, he wants to set up a card. He wants these guys to do fun stuff like that. Pick a cool walkout song. Um, You know, maybe talk a little bit of trash online beforehand. Just like make it fun, right? Aren't aren't they developing betting lines? uh, I'm I'm sure he is. I I don't know (laughs) if they're doing it like officially, but I'm sure, you know, knowing Zach, he'll probably, you know, hey, like two or three days before, like here are the lines. I'll throw a hundred bucks onto the table if it can, you know, maybe put together an additional thousand bucks for the winners to compete for. I think that would be good. That's healthy, I think, for our sport. And the competition is absolutely loving it. And I know you folks will as well. We'll take a quick time out. More with Cody Goodwin here in the studio. You're listening to the uh, Wild Rose Casino Studios of USA Takedown on Des Moines Sports Station. This is 1350 ESPN. You know you like it. Have no fear. The True American will be right back with more USA Takedown. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. The Hawkeyes are coming off their 24th NCAA Division I team title, 37th Big Ten Conference crown. And um, I'm wondering if we're going to see the Midlands this year. No, we will. We will. Yeah. And will the Hawkeyes choose to wrestle in that, or are they going to choose to wrestle in the reinvigorated national duels? So they're going to probably send the A team to Florida for the, um, I don't know that they're calling it the national duels anymore. I think they're just calling it like the journeyman collegiate wrestling duels. Frank Papalizio. Um, Yeah. So they'll, they'll do that. But then they, I mean, they have always, even when they don't send the A team to the Midlands, they've always sent, you know, um, you know, the backups, the B team and guys who are red shirting, like they always tend to go to the Midlands because it is still a, I mean, it's a really tough tournament. It's a, it's a, it's a two day experience. Mm-hmm. So like that kind of gets them acclimated a little bit to that. And, and there's always some good wrestling there. And on top of that, pretty sure there's going to be a women's division at the Midlands this year too, which would be what? pretty cool. Yeah. Very, what? Very, very cool. Now would it be open to non-collegiate athletes as well? Um, like the old days? So I don't know about that. Um, I know previously it had been, but they didn't have it last year. So I don't know what kind of, I don't know if there's going to be some extra COVID rules this year or what, but gotta be, yeah, gotta be developing a new story out of Iowa city dateline. Iowa city. In fact, university of Iowa, longtime leader in the sport of wrestling has added women's wrestling. One of those that was first to sign Rachel waters. Good morning, Rachel. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Congratulations. We're doing great, by the way. Thank you. Uh, congratulations on being a part a tremendous part of the history of our sport and will do so in Iowa city. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I'm, I'm really excited that they, uh, have, uh, decided to like, have decided to add women's wrestling. And I'm really glad that I'm a part of Hawkeye wrestling club and it's a dream come true to wrestle for a living. So I can't be, I can't be more happy and I love it out here. You know, you go back to the history. There's so many firsts at, at the university of Iowa. Uh, and I'm, I'm so proud of that, by the way, one of them was the grapple on the gridiron viewed by some 42,287 fans. And, uh, Andy was sitting in front of me uh, at the time, still writing for the register. I do believe. Yeah. And, um, it was, it was kind of a homecoming for everybody to get together and be a part of something that big. Were you paying attention to Iowa wrestling at that time? I was in the stands. You were. 
What yep, was, I was a senior in high school. A senior in high school. So this yep. is really a dream come true for you to accept the opportunity to wrestle for the Hawkeyes, yeah? Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm glad to be back in Iowa and, and get to do the, what I love every day with uh, the, best, the best program in the nation. Mm. Gary Barta has made a good decision in my estimation. First, you've got to find the money, but luckily with wrestling, it's not as much money as you might think. It's actually a very affordable sport. Uh, are you hearing any news and information out there about who may be joining you other than Jordan and uh, uh, and your other teammates? <laughs> I lost it. Anyway, have, I, uh, Victoria. I'm not sure quite yet. Yeah. I'm not sure quite yet. So we're not actually wrestling for the college. We're right. just we're just a part of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club. But um, I know that they're uh, going to start the uh, coach search here in a couple months. And uh, – I, I'm excited. I think they're uh, going to take their time with it, which is awesome because I think they're going to, you know, really vet and make sure that they get the best coaches and best athletes they possibly can for when they start the 23-24 season. Now, Cody, I understand there is, is there any truth to you throwing your hat into the ring? To Heck be the... no, man. No? Heck no. I just write about wrestling. I'm not coaching. <laughs> what do you, uh, what do you make of this, this first year, Cody, in particular, our guest, because I think she is a very strong addition to uh, this rollout. And I'm talking, of course, about Rachel Waters. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and Rachel can probably speak a little bit more to this too, but like she, you know, she grew up here, right? Like she went to Ballard. She was very much um, one of the faces of the girls wrestling movement at the high school level in Iowa in that like she was, you know, that they kind of went through phases, right? You had like, you know, Cassie Herkelman and Megan Black and Jasmine Bailey, and then you had Rachel Waters come through, then you had Felicity Taylor come through, and now we've got, you know, a ton of girls wrestlers at the high school level, but Rachel was kind of, um, she stuck out a little bit, you know, not only because she, at the time she was one of the few, but, um, you know, she was also um, very, very successful at the middleweights, which is something you really don't see a lot when girls wrestlers wrestle boys. Um, and so, you know, to, to understand kind of, you know, the lay of the land, the way that she does, um, the fact that she had come back and she was working at William Penn before she joined the right. the Hawkeye Wrestling Club. Um, you know, now she's there. I that's I think that's that's that is a, a huge addition to the Hawkeye Wrestling Club because we all know how important our TCs are to collegiate programs. And mm -hmm. so Rachel's gonna be able to talk to incoming recruits when they're on visits, um, be able to kind of relate to the coaching staff, just kind of to be able to give them a perspective about the state of Iowa and girls wrestling and women's wrestling um, that maybe others just won't be able to deliver. So, and that's on top of being, you know, a stellar athlete and an Olympic hopeful here coming up through the 24 cycle. Um, so I, I, Rachel, have you kind of thought about, you know, like not only the, the competitive part, but like also just kind of the, the perspective that you bring to the Hawkeye wrestling club and what this, you know, this women's wrestling movement as it continues to unfold with the coaching search. And then eventually, you know, when they start bringing recruits on campus. I haven't thought about it too much. I mean, after our press conference, I got a, quite a few questions. That's kind of where I was like, oh, man, like they're asking me questions about girls wrestling because I, I guess I am a girl wrestler and I was at the press conference and I'm wrestling here, like wrestling for the Hawkeye Club, Hawkeye Wrestling Club right now. But um, I'm, I'm just really excited to be a, a part of it because I think it, it's just an amazing step forward. I, I remember even when I was in high school, people were like, when are they going to sanction it? Like, when is Iowa going to get it? I'm like, oh, well, there's not very many of us right now. Like, I hope eventually. I just really didn't expect it to come this soon. And I'm just I'm just so excited to, to see it build and 
for for girls to be able to wrestle for the Hawkeyes. Mm. And and this conversation with Tom Brands, Gary Barta, uh, I believe uh, uh, Barbara Burke was involved in this, uh, make, you know, helping to make this dream become a reality. But uh, then hiring the right, you know, signing the right talent uh, is so very important to you know having a a, a uh, what a I mean, a statement team. I think that's important as a club. You got to have a statement team. And you mentioned regional training centers. I was on the fence for the first two years of RTCs, thinking it might drain away uh, the importance of Colorado Springs. Okay, but they have proven me wrong time and time again. I think the regional training centers offering up our athletes uh, an opportunity to get paid to compete and prepare for world level competition. Speaking of that, Oslo, Norway, you said about three, three thirty in the morning. That's, that's when they start wrestling tomorrow morning. Yeah. Tomorrow morning. Uh, who are you looking at in that competition, Rachel, in terms, in terms of uh, team USA women? Well, honestly, um, I'm, I'm friends with all of them. I've, I've been around all of them for a while. So, um, I'm rooting, obviously cheering all of them on. Um, but I definitely always watch the, uh, heavier girls. So, Mensa and Kylie Welker and Adeline Gray. There's some people that I've been around, wrestled with, so I always always pay special close attention to them. Over the years, I've been able to become friends with so many of our female stars, our, our stars of women's wrestling, and one of them is Kayla Miracle. Uh, she's absolute stud, but uh, she was raised in a very competitive family. You know, her family all competed in various sports, but she was able to rise above it and uh, become one of the level best. You are on that same uh, uh, excitement train, I do believe it would be described as being an excitement train. Do you feel that opportunity to become not just a part of the future, but an absolute firebrand when it comes to the argument that we've long been making, and that is the addition of a women's program on every college campus in the country? Yeah, I'm I'm for sure. I'm super excited, looking forward to that. And that's that's exactly why I kind of made this decision to to uh, come to Hawkeye Wrestling Club. I I knew that after college, I I needed I needed to be somewhere where I could completely just focus on my training, so I could get I could get to that point where I'm making senior world teams. Um, but that's but I completely agree with you. I I would love to live in a world where every college campus has a women's wrestling team. You know, Tom Brand said women's wrestling is awesome. It's great for the women. There are little girls all across the country and the planet that are going to see this and see this news, and that's impactful in and of its own self. But if you haven't watched women's wrestling, believe me, it's easy to get behind, and and there are people out there like Tamira Mensah-Stock who absolutely has lit the world up with her smile. Her talent is unbelievable. It's uh, what she did in wrapping herself in the United States of, uh, of America's flag the stars and stripes, which she did in doing so kind of cemented for me, the idea that wrestlers are incredible patriots. I do believe that. And, uh, I, I think Rachel, you're probably right up there as well. And I'm looking forward to the effort that you put forward and seeing what the fruit will bear. When do you see yourself starting to compete on behalf of the Hawkeye wrestling club? Um, so I have to double check the schedule. I know we were talking to some people the other day. Um, Kind of looking forward to see. I know after COVID and the like Olympics being pushed back and everything, the years are a little weird. Um, or this year, last years have been a couple weird, a little weird. So hopefully, uh, US Open in December if it's available. So just kind of waiting to see 
uh, Win USA Wrestling uh, post those events. How long is the longest tenure of a current wrestler on a college team? Is the longest right now of seven years because of COVID? Um, no, Stevon Meaches, I'm pretty sure, is entering his eighth season eighth, at eighth Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I mean, that's his eighth collegiate season because what he took a red shirt at Northwestern, wrestled a couple years in Michigan, Olympic red shirt, wrestled a couple years more, had an injury red shirt, then another Olympic red shirt. Now he's in, entering his final year of eligibility. And man, talk about a guy that's wrestled a lifetime of matches. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> Just putting Willie Nicholas to shame. I know, right? Like he that used to <laughs> that used to be the standard, right? And now what? <laughs> most people that go to college for seven years they come out as doctors, but you know now now they just come out as beat up wrestlers. Beat up wrestlers, yeah. <laughs> bad knees, hips. I remember Gable in large part carried me through college. He made the wrestling room a home for me, and that's how I became friends with so many of the wrestlers. But he carried me. I remember a particular match at Iowa State where he was doing the telecast, the broadcast he had just had. I think it was a hip replacement, but he was struggling walking. I literally picked him up and carried him up to the ramp. At that time, I think John Smith was berating uh, Steve Mako for going after fans up in the stands that were yelling obscenities at him. I mean, can you blame him? (laughs) (laughs) Steve Mako, man, that's not a guy you'd want to upset at all. No. Got a tremendous amount of respect for him. Um, You mentioned some great wrestlers. They're going to be in competition. You're going to follow that. I think, is it on flow or where's the broadcast going to be? For the world championships? Yeah. Yeah. That'll be on flow or UWW's website. They usually carry the streams too. Yeah. I love that. I love it. Well, you know what? I'm looking forward to your continued uh, search for excellence. Well done today on the program. And uh, congratulations on being a part of the inaugural class for the Hawkeye Wrestling Club. I think it's probably one of the coolest things I've seen in quite a long time. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. We'll do it again, kid. Keep us posted, okay? (laughs) Will do. I think, you know, it was Tyson that said this. He said Rachel being on the team was the most vital thing to happen this year. Rachel is one of the most decorated wrestlers on this team. Plus, she's a senior. Her opinion and work ethic is observed and mimicked by others because many want to be just like her. Rachel is an outstanding athlete, but an even better mentor. Would you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. She's She kind of unofficially took on the mentor role when she was, you know, kind of more or less being a trailblazer for girls wrestling here in Iowa because, you know, when she, she kind of alluded to it that she was, she was really only one of a few when she was doing the high school wrestling thing here and, and being, you know, one of the very few women that were wrestling at the high school level. So it's just, it, it was kind of placed on her, um, you know, just by virtue of her position in the sport. And so, you know, I think she's very much accustomed to that. She's very much used to that. And, um, you know, I think when, when she decides to stop competing, she'll, she'll make a tremendous coach. Um, but she's also going to just be a tremendous mentor for, you know, that inaugural recruiting class that comes in for Iowa women's wrestling because she will still be part of the Hawkeye wrestling club. Um, so they'll be able to kind of work in tandem together. With the announcement about the Hawkeye wrestling club, it was Gary Barter, the athletic director there in Iowa city has had many conversations with other administrators about this possibility as female wrestling has blossomed at all levels. He said he can't predict if other programs will follow, but hopes that will occur. Brand said he thinks the Hawkeyes will have more company shortly. Yeah. Um, kind of like I said earlier, if the next Division One Power 5 school pops up with a wrestling, a women's program within the next six months, I'll be a little bit surprised. But within the next year, we should see a handful of them. And I don't think you have to look very hard 
to see where the next potential ones could pop up. Because honestly, look at the RTCs that have strong women's wrestling presences, right? Arizona State, um, where Kayla Miracle, Forrest Molinari, they they have a, a girl, they have a woman on the, on the actual varsity roster, if you go check it out. That's right. Um, you know, Wisconsin is another one that comes to mind. They've got Ronna Heaton, who had a tremendous spring and summer. Um, you know, they've got Aaron Golson up there. She's really good. Michaela Beck um, looked really solid at the World Team Trials, um, you know, last month. Um, Oregon State, uh, Mallory Velty's out there, Skylar Groats out there. There's there's wow. a handful of other, you know, Alyssa Lampy's out there. I'm pretty sure Nate Angle is is a name I think people need to be watching when it comes to who could potentially be the Hawkeyes women's coach. Um, he's a he's a phenomenal wrestling mind, and I know that you know Velty and Groat and all those women and all the you know even all the men's wrestlers they love Nate Angle. So that that's one to watch. You know, maybe potentially um, Penn State and Oklahoma State just because of their rivalries with Iowa, right? Penn State because of the more recent success, Oklahoma right. State because. You know they're in the process of um, funding and potentially building their their own new wrestling facility. And the plan, so far as I know, is that the old wrestling facility could potentially be where they house the women's program. That would make sense, right? Yeah, the so, great facility as it stands, the Lorenzo Center. Absolutely, yeah. So you know, you look at some of those programs and some of those RTCs that are connected to other universities. I think you know those are probably where you should look in terms of. Who is the next women's D1 program or next D1 Power 5 program? I think th- those are probably the best spots to maybe look at, um, you know, if you're looking for hints. You know, and having the conversation, I always refer to the conversation I have with John Saatchi at the Midlands. John Saatchi at the time, the head coach of uh, of, of uh, Rutgers, okay? And John said, women's wrestling will never take place on a college campus. Well, thankfully, John Saatchi was wrong. <laughs> Tremendous coach. Uh, I think they burned down his facility at least three times, but literally like the Phoenix, you know, risen from the ashes. But I think uh, the old guard for the most part is gone in terms of head coaches that were standing in the way of progress. Um, And sometimes it's just fear of upsetting the cart, upsetting the boat. But I believe that uh, wrestling, the statement that came out from Tom Brands, Gary Barta at all at the university of Iowa is probably one of the best statements we could have hoped for. And Marty Morgan and I were talking about this. Jay Robs, longtime assistant at the University of Minnesota. Don't forget about Minnesota. Good things are happening in the Twin Cities. And you might see a Division One program for women in in uh, the Twin Cities. What are your thoughts on that? No, that wouldn't surprise me at all because, you know, the is it Augsburg that's not very far from the that's Twin right. Cities or maybe even isn't it? You know, they've got a, a pretty strong women's program or at least a women's program that's on the come up. Um, you know, I know Emily Shilson, who's tremendous age-level world star right like she just won a junior world title um you know back in august as part of you know usa's junior world team championship when it comes to women's freestyle um you know she's kind of the centerpiece for that augsburg's women's program and so you know very easy recruiting tool um wouldn't shock me at all to see minnesota jump on board you know we've got to get uh, you an opportunity to play some uh some of the songs that uh, are related to each university what do you think would you like that idea yeah, like probably, their fight song? Yeah, their fight songs. Yeah. yeah. They all sound the same after they a while. They kind of do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah. Cody, it's good to have you in the studio. I surely appreciate you making the extra effort in traffic this morning, for sure. Your viewpoint is well-respected, and uh, we love having you in the studio. Thank you. No, I appreciate you having me. I'm glad we can make it work. And and do the uh, uh, contact on Twitter. It's again at... Yeah, Cody, at Cody Goodwin, and then you can read all my stuff at DesMoinesRegister.com, HawkCentral.com, and on, on Intermat. The most important part of the Des Moines Register is Cody's columns. I will tell you that till the cows come home. Stay tuned. We'll be back next week. Great big program on tap. We'll talk surely about more 
women's wrestling and uh, everything that is going on out there. This program brought to you in part by our friends at Advantage Physical Therapy and Matt Kaldenberg's PBS Landscaping. We'll be back next week. Thanks for joining us today on USA Takedown on 1350. This is ESPN.